0: Good evening meat suits welcome back to read it and weep we are a podcast that used to be about books i am your host alex Falcone, recording in north korea town los angeles and we are oof, it's been a day uh but we are we are now ready for a very uh, exciting and hilarious and not particularly trying uh episode you'd think 10 years plus into this we'd really have a rhythm down for recording but we don't Um, so
1: like the first time, every time
0: it is beautiful, (laughs) it is. Yeah, exactly. We keep it fresh by finding new ways to fuck up for a half an hour. Um, I am joined by my regular Covey panel, um, in Southeast Portland. He's at Anthony Lopez part two on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez.
2: You know, it wouldn't be bothersome if it was like, oh, my microphone wasn't plugged in. It's the fact that it's just all happening inside the computers, but we don't know what causes it. That they makes don't so share frustrating. with us. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a it's secret It's the nebulousness keep. of it that is yeah. so exhausting. But I'm doing
0: great. Well, I'm glad. Excited I'm so glad to, to hear here. it. Also joining us at Hungry Hunty on Twitter or on Instagram uh, in the Bopo neighborhood of Portland is Mr. Hunter Donaldson.
1: Yeah, what up? I uh, just want to keep throwing out um, my name's Hun Bun on Letterboxd. Follow yes. me on Letterboxd because oh. I'm in love with it.
0: So fun. Yeah, I joined Letterboxd this week. Um, Anthony, did you get on there yet?
2: Mm, nope, not going to.
0: Not going to? <laughs>
2: yeah, I already have enough social media. I don't no, no. In, in your, in your age, life. What?
0: So I don't think it is that really a social no, media. It's mostly just Alex, a, di- I, I, a diary, a diary of movies you've watched.
2: I know what Letterboxd is. Oh, okay. You need to explain it to me. I've known what it is for a long time. Okay,
0: well, I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't want the social part. I just want yeah. to see what you've watched. So no. as a favor to me, you would just add a diary of your movies.
2: Yeah, not going to do it. Okay. Yeah, Great. also it's just
1: not really the type of activity for somebody that's not, you know what I mean? It's not it's not a half-assed thing. I think it's like it's fun if you do it a lot. Like I've ranked 622 movies since i joined letterboxd like i'm into it
2: no i mean i like i will peruse other people's letterboxd i loved i love the meme of people putting together very obtuse categories Mm -hmm, Uh, like movies that involve so and so and it's like two movies starring the same person with like roughly yeah it's just like that kind of stuff i love that it's just I don't know. I watch too many movies, and I'm not going to spend the sit down time to figure it out after them. And I don't need people coming at me about my movie opinions. I yeah. say them on the podcast. I say them to your face. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tweet about it. You know. I just I want
0: a person personally, just for me. I just want to see what you've watched. Um, so, for example, things I've learned about Hunter. Once upon a time in the West is one of your favorite films.
2: It's a good yeah. movie.
1: That movie fucking rules. Yeah. I just
0: watched that movie with my wife like two weeks ago and it was terrific. Yeah, we really liked it. Um yeah. and now I, I understand why you are always playing that harmonica.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a big harmonica boy. Showing and... up at train stations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that part too. Yeah. We
0: <laughs> really enjoyed it. Yeah. We it was it was a good time. And it it's is, not a um, short
2: one, No, I'm surprised you enjoyed movie. it. Yeah, a
0: yeah it, was, it was a good month yeah. of our life. We enjoyed the whole month um that was a little joke about how long it is um <laughs> no i that's, i can handle a long movie sometimes i don't know what the mood was but we did watch it in two parts actually that, that is true
1: there you go two um, sittings it was a that whole makes, weekend that makes sense but-
0: yeah, really enjoyed that movie. Anyway, that's cool. That that's your favorite movie. So I didn't know that about you. As a friend, I could learn more about Anthony, but he's keeping it all a secret, all locked down.
2: <laughs> Play these things close to the vest, Alex. I <laughs> that's know.
0: true. I like that about you, actually. Um, also, uh, I just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you, as always, by our fabulous Meat Buddies, who, like, tried as they might, could not have come up with a more worthy cause for their money, and so they gave up and gave some to us, and we really do appreciate it, um, even if we don't think we deserve it. Um... I, uh, what else? Oh, well, anyways since you, since I don't get to get the full list, Anthony, what is, because you only have time for one thing this way, you could do it all in letterbox but you can just give me the one thing. What is one thing that you watched this week?
2: Um, I'm actually going to plug two things. Okay. So uh, they, no matter how many
0: times I try to rules. give you rules yeah. to this
2: segment, you never care. Uh, well, one, I just <laughs> want maybe, maybe okay? to <laughs> say, you know, times are tough out there. People are feeling disheartened. And I, after years of trying to convince my wife to watch Justified, finally started oh. it with her a, a few days ago. Uh, and,
0: and she likes it.
2: She loves it. Because uh, it's a very good show. I So I'm not really. It's a good show. We've talked about Walter Goggins on the show before, he's incredible in it. I love Justified. But uh, the main thing I did want to talk about. Uh, was I had a very odd, uh, we were looking for something to watch. We were both kind of tired, so we wanted something that would be not sort of too uh, mentally taxing. So we decided to watch uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Which <laughs> I have not seen since I was a child. Yeah. And unfortunately, is a comedy from before about three weeks ago. So it doesn't hold up super well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially with its sort of uh, plot elements. Right. Uh, yeah. Definitely in, and some, its central premise. Yeah. yeah. Definitely some things in it that are like, oh, God, um, not, not cool. Um, but with that said, you know, there's a lot of things. Last time I saw that movie, I was very young, and there are things I didn't get. Like, I didn't get how, just how drunk. Robin Williams would have been in the last scene (laughs) of that movie. Because the guy keeps plowing him with scotch. And as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. But as an adult who's had that much scotch, I'm like, oh, this scene takes on a whole new light.
0: So he had to Um, have enough scotch that he forgot which which person he was supposed to to talk to while wearing very intense makeup.
2: As a kid, I never got that. But. Rewatching this movie, I had an idea and I want to pitch you guys something. Okay. Oh,
0: okay. You finally gonna find a way to see your kids again, huh? Yeah,
2: well, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so first off, they did try up until when Robin Williams, unfortunately, you know, passed away. Uh they were working on a sequel to this movie the entire time, which is something that blows my mind. Apparently, there was always a script being written. Somebody was constantly getting paid <laughs> to write a sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire, and they well, could never crack the nut. And that blows I don't know my if mind. I can
0: crack the nut, but I will just suggest the title of it should be Dr. Doubtfire. Doctor oh, yeah, that's good. That's... Well, here's hear me out. Here's it's my twist is the Doctor is a woman. What about Reverend it? Doubtfire? <laughs> can we go that direction? <laughs> Reverend Doubtfire back in the habit.
2: No, here's what I wanna do, okay? I wanna make just Mrs. Doubtfire. Just a remake of it, but here's the thing. Advertise it so it looks just like a updated 21st century uh, version of Mister Th- Mrs. Doubtfire. Get families in the theaters, and here's mm-hmm. the thing. It's almost exactly the same movie, yes. but instead of a comedy, we play it as a horror movie. Because (laughs) if you think about it, Mrs. Doubtfire would be such a good premise for like a psychological thriller.
0: So she is like, she is is kicked out, or Robin Williams is kicked out of the family. A
2: deadbeat, down-on-his-luck dad, who obviously has anger issues, is not allowed to see his kids, sabotages his ex-wife's nanny Uh, you know, Search. Yeah, yeah. Comes in as a nanny and gets heavily involved, sabotages her relationship with her new dates, gets really like creepy with like different people in the neighborhood. It is such
0: gets a, a TV show under false premises.
2: Yeah. Well, first off, that was the main thing that I just like <laughs> when that movie was over. I the first thing I said was I leaned over to my wife and I was just like. Imagine going on the Wikipedia page for the lovely Mrs. Doubtfire Television Network show that you watched (laughs) growing up and being like, the character was developed after he wasn't allowed to see his children anymore, so he invented Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's just, that's a horror movie premise. Sure, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Should be, but here's the thing you don't tell anyone it's a horror movie, right? So you just get the families in there and oh, then surprise horror, yeah, movie. Surprise, it's like a trick. Huh? You know what, gotcha. but you know you know?
0: fa- parents with children love is when a movie that they yeah. go in to see turns out not to be a children's movie, yeah. they love yeah. that.
1: And Look. what about sex in it? Like <laughs> oh, lots yeah. and like nasty shit. You know what
0: I'm talking about?
2: You know what I'm talking about. I don't you know. know. i talking I've never, about?
0: No, I have no idea. When I, was a kid,
2: guy. when I was a kid, I went to go see some animated movie with my family, and they played the first 45 minutes of Son of Sam. Okay? <laughs> so I've been there. I know what He's this is like. He's the right?
0: son. It must be a kid's movie.
2: Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know Spike Jones directed I Spike Lee directed Ice Age. These uh, photographs <laughs> f- photographics are amazing. Can I it's I gotta joint. pitch it's a Doubtfire just... sequel real quick because yeah,
1: please. to me, I feel like we passed the kind of obvious and like fertile ground of the gender swapped reboot oh. of Mr. Sure. Yeah, Doubtfire, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: all female reboot, yeah. Yeah, Mr. all Doubtfire. female That's... reboot.
1: Mr. I Doubtfire.
0: Mean, that makes the most sense. You're right. I agree yeah. with you that this is an obvious flag we walked past and didn't acknowledge. Right.
2: Well, you want to know what the actual premise for Mrs. Doubtfire two was?
0: No. Sure. Uh,
2: yes. So I, the you're script, right. You're right. No. The no. Right. they actually were working on for years Go was ahead. the youngest. He just daughter- does it
1: again. <laughs> like <laughs> what?
2: What the fuck is it supposed to
1: happen? Like
2: the youngest daughter goes to school college, and he goes to watch her. But very quickly, she remembers that Mrs. Doubtfire was a thing. So that plan falls through. Yeah. And he ends up impersonating an old Russian woman instead.
0: So uh, uh, switches like,
1: the not Scottish. Now she's Russian.
0: Yeah. Wait, so she's wait. So this is not a creep on his daughter. Yeah. You know, the keep an eye on her while she's at college. Again, there's a reason so why bad. this movie wow, never this, got
1: made. That, that really strips away the very flimsy defense <laughs> that Mrs. Doubtfire, the original had, which yeah. was, I think this is supposed to be a story. about bad for him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, if, if we do that plot, this is an indefensible act that Robin Williams yeah. is doing. I mean, I
0: technically,
2: everything rewatching the first one—it's straight up indefensible. It is—he is a partner who constantly makes his wife be the bad guy so right. he can be yeah. the good guy. He yeah. is just everything he says and does in front of the kids is is incredibly manipulative. And as like a kid, I remember being like. God, that mom really is a buzzkill. But it's like, imagine <laughs> if you just worked an eight-hour day and you came home and there were fucking zoo animals in your Dude, living Dude, yeah, room. he's a Cops dick. outside? Like, yeah. it's just absurd. Uh, Very upsetting. Yeah. Uh,
0: absurd's a good word for it. But, um, well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have, so we're going to move on. Hunter. That's
2: all I had, Alex. All will right? you
0: tell me, um, you know what, since I can't stop you as many movies as you've ever seen? Oh
1: sure, I actually watched a bunch this week. I'll just tell you uh, two of them, and I will make it fast.
0: Uh, <laughs> you even do two? <laughs>
1: um, one I liked, and one I didn't like. Uh, They're both science fiction movies. I watched a. I w- also watched uh, High Fidelity again. If you want to talk about a movie that is about shitty people, um, that was at some point not considered. I guess. Or I guess oh, it was yeah. always about shitty people.
2: Anyways, know, um, at a while for a long time, he was. You know, I knew a lot of guys who were like. Yeah. See? I'm just a misunderstood <laughs> genius.
1: Right, right. Um, um, yeah. So, the actual movie I want to talk about, though, is a very good movie called Under the Skin. Um, oh, yeah. Which was a movie from 2013. Uh. I missed it when it came out. A science fiction movie uh, where Scarlett Johansson, who famously said that uh, she could play a tree, um, doesn't oh, right. quite play a tree, <laughs> but she does some very impressive acting that is uh she plays uh and this is is not really a spoiler because this is just like right away we get right into this um she plays uh like an evil alien or i don't know if evil's maybe not even the right word because it's such an ambiguous movie um but she plays an alien that's like essentially picking up men off the street and then like sort of harvesting them
2: or something like that for her own planet essentially right and i know that is so
1: so the book that it is based upon is very explicit about what um like what what her character is doing um the movie that what you're actually given in the movie really doesn't is very ambiguous as far as what's going on and we were actually talking uh a while back i don't remember what episode it was but at some point um somebody brought up like movies that actually adapt the book but do it better and i actually think this might be a really good example of that yeah for sure um, oh
0: interesting what
1: was the what what was it was it the prestige that you were talking the prestige about Prestige is Alex? one that
0: i bring up all the time for that but i also yeah. like to ma- mention twilight uh as yeah. oh. one that's just like <laughs> the plot's not very good and so if the plot is not very good in the book you can have the movie be more coherent and just mm-hmm. skip the bad parts and like prestige changed the ending like and also made it interesting like, Yeah, Yeah, they they took a book that is not very good, but has an interesting seed in it and made a very Mm -hmm. interesting movie out of it.
2: Yeah, Um, well, I feel like that is exactly what has happened with
1: with this movie. Did you
2: look into how the movie was shot?
1: Yeah, so So what's the crazy little factoid is that they do, they like, they did these hidden camera scenes where Scarlett Johansson talked to random people in Scotland and then they like let them know that, hey, you were just in a movie. Do you want to be in this movie? You're going to have to get naked. Um, and <laughs> most of them, I mean, I guess a lot of them were like, yep, I'm going to do that. Um, what? But yeah, it's so, so it's crazy. A lot, there are a lot of scenes that have this very like real feeling to them. And honestly, I mean, like this sucks. I didn't watch this like before Scarlett Johansson said a bunch of dumb shit and like took a bunch of roles. She probably shouldn't have taken. Um, or actually, I don't know if I actually, I can't think of any besides the, what was the one she did that was like an anime that like she had no business being well, the Ghost character? In the
2: shell, and Ghost in then the she shell. tried to play a trans. That's what it was, man. So, that all sucks. She
1: sucks. She does yeah. a lot of really good work in this movie. Well, um, she
2: also loves to defend Woody Allen, even when no yeah. one asks. <laughs> cool. To you know Woody what? Allen.
1: Maybe maybe it's that she sucks on such a deep level that she was able to bring that suckitude into this really scary, frightening movie. Yeah. And so maybe it's just like the perfect like spot for her to be is this movie because I'm telling you, dude, she is really frightening. Yeah, it's and very her, disturbing and off putting in it.
2: I would say it's easily the best performance I've ever seen her do. And I I easily think uh Under the Skin is one of the best science fiction films of the twenty first century. I've
0: never even heard of it. Phenomenal. That's so interesting. It yeah. is
2: so good. Uh the music, the score, that fucking scene with the baby. It's just yeah. It is something else. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, love that, that
0: movie. That's a great recommendation. I'm, I'm going to go uh, real quick. I watched, my wife and I watched What We Do in the Shadows, finally. Um, oh, yeah. On, on literally everybody's great. recommendation. And also um, by being, we're constantly bombarded in LA with um, posters for the show. That is apparently not great. But um, we, yeah, we we'll watched watch it. And it was great. Uh, I enjoyed it tremendously. It's really fun to watch two people who I liked from other things and then find out they're like best friends and then they're fun mm-hmm. together. That's really cool. Together, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. And then also, you know, Taika Watiti was one of my, like I've, I've only been here for a few months. He was one of my first LA celebrity sightings when we went oh, to the magic castle great. at the same time. And we watched a magic show that my friend was doing together. It was great. Um, I also saw Silas. Weir Mitchell buying coffee and that was fun. And, um, Anthony, you you and I met him in Portland one uh, together at one point. I don't yes, know if I remember you remember that. this. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, and I also saw maybe from Arrested Development uh, having brunch, vegan brunch with Anne, the boring. Lady from I, I can't
2: talk about Justified and Mrs. Doubtfire, but we can name down the fucking celebrities you've
0: seen in L.A. <laughs> Here's the thing. I just. <laughs> Well, okay, a couple things. First of all, I have put in the work on the show, I've earned it. Uh, two, um, I, I was agree. Hoping also, that it hasn't taken fun... that
1: long, this segment. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: not, great point. Um, you're making it longer right now. And three, I thought <laughs> it was going to be entertaining and we would discuss celebrity sightings, and then you guys did not. Uh, no, 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 no. I've got a good one. I met yeah. Snoop
1: Dogg and I was on Ecstasy, and he gave me some Ben and Jerry's ice cream
0: done That's All three po- oh my anyways God, he's no time to story. explain we
1: got to move <laughs> forward
2: uh we've got some big what, stuff to do today what was the second sci-fi movie you didn't like hunter oh yeah color out of space I, that movie I, sucks oh i really i've heard really good things about it i hated it, it. I, I, I hated it, it.
1: i don't even, i don't i don't even want to go into it. Though we already moved on to alex's thing yeah and he doesn't have
0: time to talk about how he watched ronin on the same day he watched high fidelity but anyway um <laughs> oh also
1: me and alex rated what we do in the shadows Four and a half stars, both of us separately. Oh. I just I just looked it up. This is my favorite nice. thing about Letterboxd:
0: seeing how your comparative ranking. It's just fun. It's fun that no, I can I, go I to a movie. Know you did, I, yeah, I was saying that as in I didn't know you could do that. That's fun.
1: Yeah, so when you follow somebody on Letterboxd, you, if you go to any movie, you can see what they rated it. Basically and if they reviewed
0: interesting. it oh yeah 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 interesting all right very fun um also i just noticed there's a way to import so you're gonna get my my back catalog into oh, i'm gonna get it yeah. into letterbox i was like do i want to actually type all this shit no i don't it turns out i can just drop it all in so um cool all right so what are we doing today um today is a very special episode of read it and weave season three um this has been slightly condescending film school um or sometimes sl- just slightly condescending um end of segment and uh specifically <laughs> we're at a, we are at uh what i think of as an arbitrary point that is not the beginning or the end of season 3 mm-hmm. ergo it very well could be the middle um it might not be you know but it might you know we might this might go on much longer it might not go on for very long at all i have no idea um but so i thought it would be good to take some time now and do some do do midterms for slightly condescending film school, so Anthony and Hunter uh, each have prof- my professors. Anthony and Hunter each have a uh, a thing. Perhaps they should get their own um, brief segment, and then um, we will uh, take a test uh, that I I have put together. So we well will take all together. So Hunter, you had something for me, so I'm, I'm gonna sure, let you go first. So mine, what mine. would you like to do for the, your portion of the midterm? This is going to be an oral examination sure okay well mine mine
1: would be kind of the fun start it's like the kind of just for fun question you get bonus points just for even answering it oh i love Um, it i was curious of um it's funny that we've been that i've i've kind of purposely brought up letterboxd uh, a couple times um i and i have the list of the the films that we've seen we've seen exactly 10 if you cut out tarantino's filmography and um The the extra credit movies yeah um We've seen 10 that I feel like are all film school-y type films. Um, my my curiosity is, a, in a very listical like way, uh, could you rank them as far as how much you enjoyed Ooh. them? Um, a, and this is really... That, Anthony, you can do this too, actually. Um, we could all do this, um, as long as it doesn't take too long. Um, so starting with Alex, uh, what would you say was the worst movie? And I'll, I'll throw the 10 films at you real quickly. Um, we watched Mulholland Drive, Band Apart. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Citizen Kane, Seven Samurai, Seventh Seal, Rear Window, Alien, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and then Meshes of the Afternoon, which is such a weird little thing in with the rest of those. But um, number one, what what would you what would you say was your favorite?
0: My favorite. Hmm. Um. Interesting. Um, I mean, I got some
1: guesses because I, th- I I would say that it felt to me like you enjoyed Citizen Kane a lot. It felt to yeah. me like you liked Rear Window a lot. Yeah, um, pretty. So I would much. be surprised if it was yeah. not one of those two. As your kind of number
2: one, is a real banger list, minus yeah. the few kind of more coffee ones. It would.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's we it is unfair to um, band apart and meshes uh, to make them as they are strong coffees. Um, I mean, I will say. I'm trying to think of, like, what I actually had a bad time watching, and I mm-hmm. feel like the worst time I had was Seven Samurai.
1: All right, so number ten, Seven Samurai.
0: <laughs> um, is... Well, no, I, I think we're going to go to eight, because I think meshes and band have to be separate. Okay, cool,
1: cool, cool. so, but so I, did, you know,
0: I did, you know, because, like, Band Apart, I didn't like exactly, but I didn't mm-hmm. dislike watching it. I was just, like, there's sometimes there's a thing... And this, I think, maybe is more likely with strong coffee. But also, I could imagine this is... I mean, this is the thing I told you about art, where I'm just like, I like modern art, where I'm just like, oh, shit, it's a Santa yeah. made out of poo. So that's how I felt with like Band Apart and with Meshes, where I was just like, this is bonkers. I have right. no idea what's happening.
1: Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm a big Godard guy, um, mm-hmm. and I did not like Band Apart that much.
0: Oh, interesting. I
1: felt like But the it, dancing
0: scene is so fun. That was
1: great, yeah. And that was that was what made... I'm glad I watched it for that yeah. scene. Um, yes. However... I did not feel like it was an especially strong. Like all of the movies he made around that time are, in some specific way, stronger than Band Apart. Band Apart just feels like a kind of just sampling of his early career with not like just elements of his other movies, but none, none of those elements add up to be greater than the movie it's stealing
0: from. I, I, I feel like that's like that yeah I, I i still feel like it's not fair to rank so you you have that knowledge that it allows you to do that i also feel like it's unfair to rank mulholland drive because i did not <laughs> love it while it was happening no and no, no i will memory, let you get re-
1: i will let you set aside band apart and meshes of the afternoon
0: but well, mulholland I'm drive just, is I'm the you, movie movie so, well i'm telling you i don't know how to do it because i did not enjoy it much while it was happening mm-hmm. because i was so confused and then as soon as you guys were like oh here's what's happening then i was like oh cool i loved it and i don't know if that's fair i don't know how sure. to say whether i like it or not all right
1: well just just for the sake of it being a, maybe a little more approachable um some superlatives i think maybe are a better way to do it um, and I think best movie before discussion and then best movie after discussion are maybe some obvious ones.
0: Yeah, so, that's fair. I would say so let's put we'll just because of that we'll put uh Mulholland Drive uh in the middle we'll say 5th out of 8 uh basically. Yeah. Um I and I I'll put Seven Samurai 8th. Mm-hmm. Um I guess I'm kind of going upwards. Um so the second least is this unhealthy that that's the way my brain wants to do it it's just no, easier no, no, that not way. at all
1: no it is it of course it's easier that way
0: okay um so i and then i would say crouching tiger which i loved the motion of i liked watching mm-hmm. people fly but also just did not get into it at all too much um, dude yeah, just it's just terrible when I was eating soup. So, both both of those movies have the same problem, which is that I couldn't eat soup. I like um, this. I,
1: I I like this because this I think sets an interesting precedent for a movie that is coming up. Uh, that I don't necessarily want to reveal right now, but um, yeah,
0: coming up on Film School or on this yes, list? Yes, on
2: Film School. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ooh. Okay. It's funny you don't want to reveal it to me, the host of the pro- pro- well, podcast. Y- but yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, I'm all about. about
2: it before. Right. It's the one in the mood we were for love. about a few weeks it's, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that one. Oh,
0: great okay so anyway so uh number eight seven samurai number seven crouching tiger oh, it feels racist when i do it that way it one. does feel um, racist yeah uh, um eight seven but they're uh, also
1: they're also slow slower contemplative movies which is odd because yes. they're both technically action movies sort of um yeah
0: and then so now we're in a place where um i generally enjoyed everything else um mm-hmm. so um i would say probably seventh seal i'll put sixth just uh yeah, I was oh, about I to say, should, I, I was I was expecting
1: seventh. seventh Seal to be lower than than that, but
0: but yeah, it's the other. T- I guess yeah, I would like it to be seventh just for the name though. Um, yes, yeah, that's it's, good. It's, it's well, it's annoying that I took you the didn't seven think that way and about put Seven eight Samurai. And six. <laughs> 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 anyway, so then puts five at Mulholland Drive, and then um, you know, I mean, I just yeah, uh, I straight up enjoy. I, I'm gonna put, I guess, Alien fourth, Terminator Rear Window, Citizen Kane.
1: Yeah, that, I think that, that's how I
0: would do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah that I, makes sense. I, but I liked, I mean, it, like, I, I, I do feel like at some point, talking about how much I like something feels, well, it, When for the coffee movies, it feels ignorant. And for movies I like, it's just sort of like, I liked these. I don't have to, I, I, I don't want to no. make Citizen Kane and Terminator fight, I liked them both.
1: No, that's that's something you need to learn about film school, though. And maybe that's the lesson of this, this piece, is that part of, the idea of going to film school is saying that movies are art and that that art runs deep, but at the same time, I can totally just kind of like take these movies and just give them numbers and be like, You're number one, <laughs> you're number two. Like, that's that's so real. That's so I film mean, school.
0: I specifically stopped doing star like I on my personal movie list that I'm going to import into Letterboxd. I never, I don't rank anything because I after I stopped being a movie critic I thought I feel gross about that and even when I was doing great like the paper I worked for really wanted a number required Mm -hmm. a number um, and only let me get away with not putting a number on on one movie which was a Woody Allen film um, which I don't think ever ended up getting released I don't remember now You watched a
1: Woody Allen movie that didn't like a secret Woody Allen movie
0: well it got at least pushed back um, what was the Anthony I'm uh, pretty sure
2: only A Rainy Day in New York, his Amazon one, is the one that got pushed back. Everything that got theatrical release, the one well, you're it, talking about, the Walking Phoenix one, that absolutely got a theatrical release.
0: Okay, well, but because, it, it did not get a theatrical release when the uh pre the critics preview suggested it would. It like it ended up not coming out within the next few weeks at least, causing my review to get shelved. Um, so, or maybe they were sure? maybe it never just, opened in
2: Portland. Yeah, I think that's what happened. It just got it was opening in different cities first before it came to Portland. So. Well,
0: it was anyway. It, at at one point, it was going to open in Portland, and then it did not. So, um, anyway, also, uh, Irrational Man is the name of that movie, and also that movie is fucking gross, and it's just right <laughs> a movie about a an old man trying to have sex with a child, and it's just oh, you're gross talking about thing. Manhattan. Huh.
1: <laughs> see what i, I know there. It, it was, a, it was a thematic thing yes yeah
0: you do um, uh, um so yeah.
1: so i would say what i what i like about doing this little exercise with you real quick is that i feel like one thing i want out of this season of read it and weep that we still haven't gotten there is a foreign film that you like a lot that's what i want to mm. find basically mm. i want to find an experience where you were reading the subtitles um and you know, not to say that you don't like any foreign movies that's not true um that's wrong but um although to in find my one ranking in... if i was gonna
0: add band apart it would be around ninth so it really yeah. would be the three right. foreign it films would be all the, the foreign Which is not my life that is not right. how i know i know I know, I
1: know what i want to find though is a film school film that is a yeah. foreign film that would that would make it that would climb up that ranking
0: um i love it all right now you have to do it back to me
1: oh okay so for me that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty easy. Uh, Mulholland Drive number one, uh, number two, Seven Samurai, uh, Citizen Kane number three, Seven Seal number four, Crouching Tiger number five, uh, Alien and Terminator two, and then Rear Window and Meshes.
2: Interesting. I I would have Mulholland Drive, Crouching Tiger, and Rear Window, kind of indistinguishable as my one, two, three. I think all yeah. three of those movies, yeah, yeah, are just perfect. And then probably Seven Samurai, T Two, Alien, uh Seven Seal, Bandapote, and uh
0: mission. I would say, that's so interesting, mostly because if I think if you'd listened to the podcast, no one would be surprised that you're both putting Mahal and Drive up there. But I think everyone would be a little bit surprised that Terminator 2 was not higher, given how you guys were just so I mean, It was so love, fun.
2: Love that movie, but like that's you know, that is sweets and really tasty fucking
0: mahali oh, yeah. drive is I high
2: one. earth that could you know should be preserved for generations to come it's you know.
0: i i will say also in my memory all of these have appreciated i i think there's none none of them are like bringing me pain to think back on including yeah, band yeah. apart like i just i'm remembering the things i liked about them except maybe maybe seven samurai is the only one that's not coming up higher in my right. memory of it but i did enjoy crouching and band apart both to some degree Also, I think that's a fun exercise. Um, Anthony, Professor Anthony, what is your midterm?
2: So, my midterm's got a few questions on it.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Um, Number one, uh, I have a question for you, Alex. Mm -hmm. Uh, A man's attitude goes some way, the way (laughs) his life will be. Is that something you agree with?
0: I feel like if I disagree, I die, right? So, I definitely agree with that.
2: Now, did you answer that because you thought that's what I wanted to hear, or did you think think about it?
0: Oh man, I walked I said, into it too,
2: and I knew it. And, I knew that because you truly believe that to be right.
0: I Alex, feel like I I thought that was what you wanted to hear.
2: There's sometimes a buggy. How many drivers does a buggy have?
0: You gotta have at least two.
2: No one. Okay, so one. that's the fun part. Okay, now here. Real Great. Great okay. questions. Real actual midterm questions coming up. Ooh, okay. okay. I'm gonna list off some films. I would like you to tell me who directed them.
0: Ooh, okay. I'm gonna not I'm gonna close my document with all of my stuff on it. So Maholland Drive. Um Oh man, uh I'm so Aww. look at, no, no no, I got it. Uh Lynch, Aww. David Lynch.
2: David Lynch. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon.
0: Oh, shit. That one, I you definitely, I did know that, uh, but I have forgotten.
2: Like I don't know. Uh, uh, Terminator Lee. 2. Uh,
0: that was, I'm just so bad at fast recall of names. This is so embarrassing, because I know that James Cameron.
2: James Cameron, alien.
0: Um, fuck. <laughs>
2: fuck.
0: <laughs> is that also James Cameron? No,
2: aliens was James Oh right Pan, right right so okay that was the trick Give you half uh, a point
0: Oh right right because I knew we talked about him yes. on that one too much And that's we why did, we went the we other did, way Yes, um, But we
2: did have a long discussion Of this director uh,
0: this would be like the easiest midterm if you had done this yeah. thing. And also <laughs> just, I, I, the, the names are right on my, on my other tab. And I am, I'm not, I'm not going over. Cause if I looked yeah. at, it, obviously I believe that you're I'm not cheating. No, I'm, like <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking at it. Um, but man, that's frustrating. Um, I've forgotten. All
2: right. Uh, uh, Ailey, uh Ridley Scott. Ridley uh, Scott. Yes, of uh, course. Right. So what else did Ridley
0: Scott do? Besides ruin the Alien franchise eventually.
2: Blade Runner, Gladiator, right. Um, right.
0: Legend. Okay. Uh, Blade Runner, which we did see for the show. That yeah. spawned, came up with the idea for this podcast.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, for bonus points, give me the director of Seven Samurai or the Seven Seal.
0: Oh, Ingmar Bergman is the 70. Yeah, yeah, I was going to be so mad that you didn't ask. Yeah. I was just about to say how dare you not ask me the one I remembered yeah. for some reason.
2: Right. Uh, here is my uh, final my final question okay. for you. All right. And this one we didn't mention, but this was technically a film school uh thing and this would also have been very high up on my list. Okay. But, in Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales oh, yeah. is stuck between several worlds, between where he grew up and his new private school. His father is a cop, his uncle is a criminal. This film uses this theme throughout it, uh, from multiple spider people and their unique worlds and where they come from, to the way he code switches between neighborhoods on his walk to school. To become a hero, he must first find out who he is on his own and take a leap of faith. How is mm. this theme of leap in faith tied into the between worlds and overall thematic elements of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's kind of an e- essay question. Essay question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So the, the long question, a long essay question, but the question is how is the theme uh, granting that this is a theme of uh, leap of faith? How is it portrayed in that movie? How does it happen? Yeah. Where does it come up? Um, yeah. You know, there's the original Spider Man like jumping off a roof. You got he's gotta do his classic Spider Man jumpy thing to get the goo to come out. Um uh right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah okay sure. <laughs> great uh, uh, it's just I, I, I was, wait, it was weird that you didn't say it um, he, well, you know, it was
2: uh, like a rhetorical essay question you were asking yeah, oh yeah, I
0: thought you I was going mean, to list have, things I can remember you have five minutes
1: to compose your <laughs> answer and we're just going to listen, and then we'll tell you how many points you got at the end oh of
0: right it. yeah that's true yeah, um, so go ahead
1: and talk for five minutes and uh, I'm going to walk away
0: Well, I would t- so the theme of A uh, Leap of Faith from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is really Um. I think it it plays itself out in Tomb main areas. Uh, The one area is about um, Morales' relationship with his father and how his father has to learn to trust him more and allow him more space because he's capable of so much more than he seems like, because he's into like um, activities that we don't always think of as impressive, like skateboarding and spray painting other people's property. But it turns out he's actually really, really cool if you get to know him. So his father, his father needs to trust him more. And he also needs to take the leap of faith that his father sometimes has his best interests at heart and open up. And love him. And the second place that it plays out really is that um, by showing that he trusts his uncle completely, and his uncle is a bad guy and tries to destroy the universe, that the leap of faith more often than not will kill you. So, those are the two main ways. One is with his father mm-hmm. and how you, you don't take a leap of faith. You can't have a good relationship with a person. And the other is how if you do take a leap of faith no, in relation to the person, no. it will this kill is, the universe.
1: This is wrong. It's about <laughs> jumping. I you're like
0: going to be quiet until uh, I finished you're,
1: you're supposed to say it's about jumping. The movie's about jumping.
0: So. <laughs> no, it's about it's spiders. Just, no, no. The theme no. is
1: spiders. The theme is jumping. And, leap, and you were supposed to say the way that they show the leap of faith part is all the jumping. It's just like how, I don't know if you know this, but Snowpiercer, the it's theme is piercing.
0: snow. <laughs> and, well, so if you remember correctly, Snowpiercer, the theme snow is incorrect, but the theme piercing was kind of correct.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. but
0: by that logic, it shouldn't be that the thing is jumping. The logic of it is that the theme of Spider-Man is not leap of faith. It is spiders and men. <laughs> and both of them do take coming together. Also, well, sorry, yes. brief side note before you give me my score. Is the new Snowpiercer TV show going to be good? Because there's a lot of billboards for that around on my run, and I don't like that. Who I'm just Who
2: No. I thought that show premiered four years ago.
0: Because <laughs> uh,
2: that's it's on. It's been one of those things like they filmed a bit of it, then it got shut down, then they filmed like refilmed a bunch of it. So I have no idea. Okay, uh, okay,
0: cool. cool, cool. I now, don't you-
2: know how you stretch out. It's definitely one of those shows that is like. You're gonna stress that out until like twenty hours,
0: huh?
2: Yeah. That yeah premise, well, it's, it, I mean, it seems like
0: at least they know uh, how to do their their um, episode where they're in a, a locked room and they have to reminisce about earlier episodes. That's true. Um, They'll just get shut but, up in like the car with the 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 um, where you make food out of uh, bugs, but which yeah, is portrayed as gonna... really evil, but also is like a popular thing on Shark Tank. Anyway, please uh, rank score my essay question.
2: Well, it was, it was pretty, it started off pretty strong. Uh, You definitely, I was, I was engaged and interested, um, Mm -hmm. but I got to be honest, I got into this professor gig to pull a Woody Allen and just nail co-eds, so I don't really care at this point anymore. Uh, This has been a relatively dry semester for me so far in terms of that. Gross.
0: all right, so from uh, no, was, this is no. counting for thirty five percent of my score. So out of eighty yeah. points.
2: But yeah, you know what, Alex, you, I think you, uh, I know you, you joke, but it's the type of thing you've joked, you've done the theme joke so often that quite often I wondered, I wonder if he actually doesn't know what a theme is. Uh so yeah, I'm glad yeah. so- that you showed that. Like, I think you're starting. You're definitely you have more of a grasp on it. Then you you you're, you need I to will be say,
0: humorous. The answer to me, on. I will. I'll tell you the truth, which is I don't know either. I suspect that I don't actually know what a theme is, but if you tell me a theme, I can reason backwards to it. But I could not have told you that the theme was uh, leap of faith. I would not have been able to well, it's identify a that
2: theme in the a theme. Movie. I mean, it's yeah, spider, it's it's definitely a fairly dense movie, but the notion of You know, coming of age, discovering who you are requires a leap of faith. And it's something everyone, you know, it's the universal thing that you can take away from a piece of
0: art, you know? I just don't think I could ever, I would not be good at identifying one. Um, But that should be definitely a project in the upcoming uh, half or more of the semester. Okay, so now it is time for part three of the test, which is a part that we are all going to do together. Yeah. Which is we are going to take an actual midterm from an intro to film studies class yes, taught by I love it. Dr. Noonendorf, professor at the school of communication at Cleveland state university. And the first actual test questions I was able to find Googling this, and it took kind of a while. I found a lot of flashcards, but these are actual questions from a sample test that she provided to her students. Now They're I have not essay some of,
1: questions, are they?
0: No, these are multiple choice okay, questions. Good. Um, they, there were, so it's like 35 or 40 and I edited it down and we're not going to do all of them, but it's like, it's, there's a number of multiple choice. Then there was a bunch of true falses. Then there was like an, I like one of those matching puzzles where you go from like the the column in the left to the column in the right. And then there were three sections where you had to watch a movie and then like answer questions about that short film. So it's a lot, this is a lot of tests. We do not Mm -hmm. run doing all of that. And I got rid of things that definitely you don't know about. But a lot of these we did not discuss. So let's see if we can figure it out. Oh, also, the sample exam did not come with a, an answer sheet. So if we don't know, then we don't know. Um, that'll be fun. So but it's if I found the answers that I would know and I didn't want to already know. So let's let's discuss. So question number one, our ability to use the auteur theory, as well as to mm-hmm. analyze genre and conduct formalistic analysis of the mise en scene is largely due to the work of six young men writing in a film journal in the 1950s. They all studied films of all types at their local Cinematique before mm-hmm. trying to make films themselves. We when they finally did make boy. films, we the, wor- the works boy. were held as being inventive and eclectic. These men have been called A, the French New Wave, B, the French Dadas, the three, 3, C, the Italian Neorealists, or 4, the German Expressionists.
1: French New Wave. Yeah, French New Wave. So, the the the, no- the magazine they're talking about was called uh, Le Cahier, uh, uh-huh. which is The Notebook. I believe is what what is Cahier? Kah- sure. Yeah, is that right? Yep. There's literally no that it means notebook, but it was a it was a, a cinema magazine that they all wrote for.
0: And um, they came up with the auteur theory, or like developed it in in, in a big meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, used it uh, to
2: uh, like basically just in terms of writing on film and trying to figure out what exactly a director does. They definitely like named it but it's one of those things that like the idea had always sort of been around in some way or another but it wasn't until they kind of gave it the name cool and if i'm not mistaken it was created for like one specific filmmaker right like they they used him as like the i don't know that's kind of what
1: we're 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 now outside of what I know about it. Basically. I, um, I, I didn't know that uh, they had come up with uh, a tour theory, but it does not surprise me at all.
0: Well, yeah. So the question specifically says that our ability to use Auteur theory mm-hmm. as well as analyze genre and conduct formalistic analysis of mise en scene is largely due. So there's a bunch of couching yes. terms there yes, in yes, terms yes, of what yes, else yes. happened, but they were important in that development. Okay, great. Yes. The cell and or sorry, not the cell animation. That is, an answer, and I don't know the answer. It's just a possible answer. The animation in American Splendor clearly is a cell animation, b stop motion photography, c rotoscoped, d all of the above. Uh,
2: it's uh, either rotoscope about... or all of the above. Are we talking about the movie American Splendor? Yeah, with Paul Giamatti. yeah not, not with just Giamatti? in
0: general, American nah. Splendor. But, well, um, I'm just
2: saying, like, there's, that's a comic <laughs> book as well.
0: Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: But. I believe that movie
1: uses rotoscoping, but I have not seen it in almost 10 years.
2: Yeah, I have not seen that movie since it came out. It's okay.
0: I mean, rotoscoped movies are weird.
2: Well, it's like sections in it are rotoscoped, but it's it's mostly live action. It's not like um, Waking Uh... Life or like... uh, Uh, What's the one scanner
0: darkly uh, well, i was gonna like say i beauty. believe scanner darkly appears later on this um, quiz um, mm. this test um cool rotoscoping man um, or possibly all of the above if those other things have exist it's just weird that yeah, the questions
1: have actual where there's just straight up animation like I, I don't remember if there are sequences like that there could be but i i okay. feel almost i feel very certain there was at least rotoscoping
0: um next question singing in the rain is slash was a, a backstage musical, B, produced outside of the Hollywood studio system, C, a genre film, or D, all of the above? I believe, the answer first, that it is all of the above.
1: I think so, too.
0: I don't know I mean, what a backstage musical is, but it's definitely a musical, and I don't well, know that it was produced outside the Hollywood studio system, but it's kind of about that, so I feel like it is outside of it.
2: Yeah, it, well, it is, it's definitely... Like a backstage musical would be like something that's taking place like, in you know, like it's very self-explanatory. Yeah, okay. like, yeah. yeah. You know.
0: It's about it's about the production of a, pl- a musical yeah. or movie in this case. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Man, that, that, that is a thing that definitely Singing in the Rain comes up in a lot of intro to film studies.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, great movie.
0: Curriculum. And I also adore it. It's just a really fun movie. So um I would be willing to have watched it. I don't know if it'd be as productive, but definitely.
2: You see Quite the the. It's funny because the microphone's in the plant. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it is <laughs> funny, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's. This will be maybe this is mostly for uh, you guys, uh, possibly mostly for Hunter, depending on how much uh, Anthony actually knows about this. But um, in shoot the piano player, French new wave direct, director Francois Truffaut mm-hmm. took the uh, base yeah, structure crazy. of film noir and elaborated upon it by introducing some humor, often in the form of surreal. Ironic ruptures and other plot and character developments not typical of the genre. Taking this perspective, to what stage has Truffaut taken the genre? A classical, B parodic, parodic, parodic. C uh, revisionist, D primitive.
1: Um, hmm. I
0: mean, I would guess. So, just from my knowledge of the words, not classical or primitive, yeah. that sounds like it's either a parody or a revisionist. Yeah, but I don't it's, actually know.
1: I I think it's it, with that w- it sucks cuz it really is just between those two yeah. but without having seen the movie i don't know if it's being purely played for comedy meaning that it's probably parody or if it is and it does seem like kind of a french new wave thing to for it to not be straight up comedy yeah, well, it's,
2: it's yeah. like um, it could either be like the what like the the french new wave of like blazing saddles or unforgiven like, yeah. that's what the difference between, like, a parody and a revisionist <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. films can be right. in, like, a genre, you know? I'll give also you this. this. There's a lot more revisionism
1: in yeah. French New Wave than there is parody. Um, okay. There's a really good, good movie good called guess. Le Samurai, which is basically, like, a French version of, like, a Humphrey Bogart movie that actually I think you would like, Alex, now that I think about it. Hmm. we should Maybe we should watch that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's uh, revisionism is my answer.
0: That's a great answer. Also, this is making me feel like um the thing that got me through school without ever having to learn anything is still true, which is like I'm pretty good at narrowing down answers on multiple choice chests, even if I don't know the thing. Yeah. Um next question Which of the following films would be an example of anti narrative tradition? Mm A last year at Marienbad, a French New Wave classic because of its deliberately disorganized and confusing set of events, B The Searchers. John Ford's Great Western because of its main line of action and at least one subplot tied to it. C. Hitchcock's Psycho because of the union of real and implied authors. And D. Woody Allen's Annie Hall because of its extended first person narrative. Which of these things makes it anti narrative? A term I have not heard before. Uh, hmm. I mean, it sounds well, like. Well, so it's I'm familiar with the term anti plot. Okay. I,
1: I'm. I, I'm. Uh, and I don't know if those are the same. Um, if. Uh, I'm going to say last year at Marion bad, just because the rest of those are definitely narrative films. Like I didn't feel like the thing, the examples they gave actually disqualified them from being narrative movies. Now that's assuming I, my guess about what anti-narrative means is correct.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it is too. That sounds right to me. And I, I also would have given that answer just from the description deliberately disorganized and confusing. That sounds pretty anti-narrative to me. Also, it sounds frustrating.
1: Yeah, that, that movie's great, though. Actually, I would be down to make us watch that movie, because that movie has just, like, it. it is really confusing and is w- way too, like, French about it, um, but it has some, like, really amazing, uh, it's sort of like meshes, where there's, like, moments where you're just confused as to what you're even seeing on screen, and the effects are, like, really interesting. Anyway, yeah, yeah,
0: probably not to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The 1922 film Nosferatu, an early version of Dracula, was groundbreaking for its use of high-contrast black-and-white photography, shocking makeup, and stark geometric set design. What type of film is this?
2: Ooh. Expressionism? Is that um, German
0: Expressionism? Uh, absolutely, that was option yeah. D, and so I'll give it to you uh, right away. Absolutely yeah. right. It's not... Uh, actually, oh, it's funny. Um, <laughs> the op- options are... It, uh, I think I would have solved it from this these answers, too. So Italian Neorealism, uh french new wave which has been coming up a lot so that's a safe guess normally but i don't believe that movie is french um new german cinema german expressionism or e new german cinema and i sort of feel like they wouldn't do that twice if it was Ooh. the right answer because that would really screw up a scantron so yeah
1: um, why can... that seems that actually <laughs> seems like a mistake <laughs> yeah just a mistake
0: it. i'm sure it is <laughs> um all right a surprising number of cult films have been dark comedies. This may be because cult films, A, use audience participation, B, involve some type of banned or censored content, C, have a specific loyal following of fans, a group in which the case apparently enjoys sick humor so much that they watch it repeatedly, or D, all of the above.
2: That's absolutely all of the above. It's kind of a dumb well, question. Yeah, I don't like, know. Can't, <laughs> yeah. no,
0: no, no, no. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, because the answers to A and B were always use audience participation and always involve some type of banned or censored content. I don't like, oh, that is weird. Like that makes me nervous. Just how can you have two things? You guarantee every movie in this genre has these two things. I feel like it'd be very easy to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, no, it is a
1: trick question, maybe because it's a cult film. All it needs is a group of people that decide it's a cult film.
0: Yes, so, I think that's what it is. Mean,
1: it is. It is, but it is being a tricky question because a lot of cult films have those first two qualities. And honestly, right. if you hadn't reemphasized the, the word always, that choice
2: of words, I would have I, said all of the above easily. I would also owe you that this would, you know, if you're looking at it sort of like the academic of what cult film was before, like most things, the Internet and streaming kind of came and.
0: Um, yeah, yeah like
2: destroyed is... those meanings. If you look at sort of the classical, what are the true cult movies? Right, you have stuff like anything from like Night of the Living Dead to Rocky Horror to Cannibal Holocaust, and those mm. movies definitely fall in the individual, you know, band content. Yeah, for Cannibal Holocaust, interactive stuff with uh Rocky Horror, right. dark humor with stuff, you know, certain things or like the political stuff like you get Night of the Living Dead. So it would. It feels like, yeah, it's very specific wording, but it feels like those are the qualities that certainly make up cult cinema. Yeah,
0: yeah I I agree with that I just think my, it's interesting. This has become more about my ability to like understand tests than it is like actually knowing the material. That's and how not the
1: type of question that I like very much because it feels yes. like if if they're if they're. I could it's one of those things where it literally makes me think
2: about how smart the person that made the test is. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I mean, I think this is, you know, education in America. You you learn the test, you don't learn the facts, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's This so is true. a uh, just a really good indictment of the state of education in this country. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's fair. And we're very high state of education in my ability to read tests. Um, yeah, maybe that we're learning to read tests really good. I'm they taught good us it. right um also just trying to gauge what year this test is from i did like one of the questions is which of the following films could be considered a mid-range documentary and the first answer is experiment number 138 in parentheses the mentos diet coke online film. oh wow so i feel like that would whenever that first came out this that really is really dated yes yeah. <laughs> that is probably our best information as far as cutting the rings in half and counting them or cutting the this tree and half and counting the yeah, rings. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, Cutting the
2: onion rings in half and counting
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and get then you it. count the yeah. rings. Yeah. yeah. You get two halves. Yeah. One, it used cut. to be one. Now it's two. It's crazy. Right. And then um, you cut
2: it again and you count it again and then it keeps going. <laughs> well, if your onion rings more than two years old, you should probably throw it away. It's not going to be good anymore after that. Well, you know? they, act- I, they actually get good again at two years old. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people it's don't like, know that.
0: <laughs> it's like taking a joke, like doing a joke over and over again. There's uh-huh. a number of times where it becomes annoying and then it does loop back eventually. Right. And yeah. Onion
2: rings. Again. The jokes of of the, uh, the, <laughs> of deep the fried
0: food. I agree. Um, why were the Italian filmmakers in a better position to make meaningful films right after World War II than were the Germans? Number oh. uh, A, they were able to practice their craft on white telephone films sanctioned by Mussolini. B, they were funded by the government, something the German government has never done. C, the major German films in the 1930s and early 40s were trivial and light in comparison. Or D, Italian film has just always been more influential than has German film. I would say ah, this sort of does take it, too. none of the answers are because a lot of things were going wrong in Germany right after world war two. It was a tough uh, time.
2: Well, wait, so, well, so and, and you, and Germany films were definitely quick? financed.
0: What was the, Ger- yeah, yes. I'm yeah, um, sorry. Why were the, why were Italian filmmakers in a better position to make meaningful films right after world war two than were Germans? And so the the Anthony, you think the they were the German government never financed films no, is obviously they did. wrong. did. I mean that was obviously wrong. And, and I, I think assume it's that the there film would never be... stock
2: reason, just having yeah. the raw materials allowed for them to be. And that's
1: why I think that, again, this is another one where I feel like the question kind of sucks because that's the only answer that actually sounds like an answer. The, <laughs> the one other ones them? have like
2: yeah, yeah. The yeah, other ones it's... have like weird qualifiers that yeah, are and it's not odd. like you know, Triumph of the Will was a light well, and fluffy film. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was fun
0: because that's clearly that's, not, I could tell, I don't think German films during the World War II were particularly light. No, um,
1: yeah, they were freaking Nazi propaganda movies. Yeah. Like,
0: And I also, yeah, and obviously it's not, Italian film has always been much more influential than German film. That just yeah, feels like just, a, a wrong answer. Yeah. Oh, so, so the
2: test is racist? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the Italians, the one thing you do have to give them is, you know, they would, they didn't care what language you spoke which is a huge leg up in terms of making movies oh. uh, most other countries have that problem uh, like I don't know if you have ever noticed what do you like, mean? Old it- well old Italian movies especially from like the 50s 60s and 70s a lot of the voices well, all the audio would always be ADR'd it was just the I, way the studio in, system
0: we were just talking about um, Once Upon a Time in the West and that seemed like yeah. it was entirely ADR'd well
2: that's an Italian movie
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, so the reason why all involved. Italian
2: movies used to be ADO'd is because they would just hire actors from anywhere and they would just speak their own language. So what huh. then? Then what they would do is because they were going to sell it in different markets, they would just re-record the audio for every country it was going huh. in. I can't
0: so tell that's if I why. Like that or hate
2: that? Well, it's you know, it's a good cost-cutting measure. That's for sure. Yeah, I uh, like that. but yeah, you know, it would be you know one person speaking in German, one person speaking in English, just waiting to say their lines. That's why like the acting is a certain style and stuff right. like that. A little um,
0: bit uh, stilted.
2: Yeah, but it's, you know, they, that was a, that was just the way movies were made in Italy
0: for 40 years. Uh, um Interesting. So so this is one of those tests where I am learning things and not actually testing anything. And that's exactly what I was <laughs> hoping it would be. A couple more questions. Which of the following would be unlikely to see on a major studio lot during the Hollywood studio era? A, a young woman being taught how to dance. B, writers working on original properties. C, real firefighters. D, the U.S. Federal Censor Office employees. Uh, so I'm assuming that one is common. So,
2: what was the period? uh,
0: The Hollywood studio era. What was unlikely? Um, So I'm assuming that the censors were common. Yeah, I I assume firefighters would be common, especially because they were filming on film, which is like bombs. Yeah, flammable.
1: Yeah, Um, probably going to have firefighters. Don't know why they wouldn't be allowed. That wouldn't make sense.
0: That would be strange. Um, Although, you know, I don't know how... I don't know when um, firefighting became as professionalized as it is today. But, um, so... I assume a young, young women being taught how to dance and writers working on original properties are the only two options. And although I want to feel like there's something about the sexist nature of the Hollywood studio area, I do feel like there were a lot of Young There's a lot women of women dancing. dancing. Yeah, so it well, it has to be original writing.
2: I mean, I would yet say first off, this question's evergreen because <laughs> you're still on the back lot of any studio, going to see women dancing, and you're still <laughs> not going to see writers working on original properties.
0: Well, from, for, for at least something- one reason that, like, why are you on a studio lot to write? You know, like you should be in a Starbucks somewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean most movies at the same time, you know, go into production without screenplays. Well that's something uh, you said crazy balls. Yeah. Hollywood's insane. I wonder um, you know, I wonder
1: if it might be the censorship thing then. Yeah if it that's might be actually... that we might be talking about an era I don't know exactly what era this covers. I mean I know this would be early, but it could be like pre before um before there's any, like, censorship or regulation. Yeah. I
2: mean, I would feel that, yeah, the censoring is where my head went because, one, it is, you're getting, uh, this was, you know, studios that used to self-regulate and do yeah. everything kind of inside. And when you look at sort of the big Hollywood system and stuff like, you know, the the Hollywood McCarthy trials and blacklists and stuff, it was like people testified to keep government out of film and stuff like that. You know, it was, there wasn't a censoring body, you know, the the MPAA didn't come about till what, like the sixties. So I have, don't know what the censoring and it's not like, you know, there was like the comics code, but that was like a self-regulating thing that comic book industry did. I don't know what the film. How do do they word
1: that that answer real quick? How, how specifically do they word it? The censorship
2: one?
0: U.S. Federal Censor Office Employees. I think yeah,
1: that's I, it. Yeah. I, I don't I,
0: think, think it would be a... unlikely to see the actual employees there. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah and also that is, it I, would be they were federally
2: regulated during yeah, that time. There, is there a federal censoring office you've ever heard of? Well, there's yeah, the, there was from the 1939 FCC, to 1941.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. um, I just Googled this to try to find the dates and I wasn't able to pull it up uh, fast enough. Um, but there was the Office of Censorship, um, an emergency wartime agency set up in 1941 uh, to aid in censorship of communications coming into and going out of the United States.
2: Yeah, but that's not film stuff, you know. And like, you know, the government, let's let's be honest. I mean, even um, offices in day. Los
0: Angeles, New York City and Rochester, New York reviewed films.
2: Hmm. When, when was that? Uh,
0: 1942.
1: See, that might be. That is likely after the era that we they're talking about or or maybe on even the tail end of it.
0: What was the studio era about
1: Um, here? Let's see. Uh, I'm 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 going to cheat. I'm going to start looking at Google now. Uh, oh, yeah, Hollywood, please, you,
0: should, you, you can always do it after we've tried our answer. Sure, sure. I'd like to because we don't have. The so, sheet.
1: OK, the studio system known as the golden age of Hollywood uh, is a method of film production and distribution dominated by a small number of major studios in Hollywood. Um, historically, the term refers to practices between the 1920s, ooh, and 60s. So it goes quite, goes quite wow. a ways. Um,
0: but still, if this office of censorship was not around for that long, yeah, um, it still seems that's unlikely.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, like today, I mean, it's definitely way worse now. But like,
0: interesting, Hollywood
2: and the government's main relationship is to create propaganda for the government. You know, yeah. Like
0: yeah, like uh, Mickey Mouse paying his taxes and stuff.
2: You know what I I mean? Like superhero movies that feature the army to look like heroes. Like that is the government pays even today (laughs) for most of the big. Like this is true.
0: Like you can look really look this up. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought China mostly bankrolled our films.
2: now. No, no, I mean the actual like the military spends millions and millions of dollars every year to make movies that show the. Um, forces like there's a reason why yeah I mean there's a reason why movies like how do you think you get access if you want a tank or a fighter jet or something in your movie you have to get approval and the government puts up Mm -hmm. money to finance these movies I mean everything from the new Top Gun to Captain Marvel was essentially a giant Air Force recruitment film you know uh, interesting okay they, they spend a lot of money doing I that i have area. two
0: questions remaining um and then we will wrap this up um uh just want to see if you know um semi-final question which film takes place in cleveland a <laughs> my neighbor totoro b the lady from <laughs> stockholm c american splendor or d singing in the rain now i'm assuming uh, totoro Americans. is not in cleveland i no. assume the lady from Stockholm is still in Stockholm and that sing. I know singing in the rain is in Hollywood, which makes me think American splendor. Um, yeah, is the that, is comic car
1: from Cleveland. I'm almost he positive.
2: He's from Cleveland. Yeah. He seems Excellent. Cleveland as heck. I would
0: yeah. say that. About seem- him. <laughs> yeah, Paul Giamatti seems like he can play Cleveland. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, this teacher was really obsessed with American splendor. They must've yeah, really dude, liked
0: that- it. Well, or they were like, they watched 12 films in school and this is one of them. Right. And, also, that's, the that's school it. is in Cleveland, is why that question happened. Oh, I see. This is, uh, the University of Cleveland, I believe. I said so. And then have last question: Have you ever seen
2: My Neighbor Totoro? By the way, I
0: it's have not. Really I only good. watched. I I I only watched that one of his movies with you, and it I it loved away. away, and I loved yeah. it. And I assume I would love all the rest of them. I oh my god! Totoro, hey, there's a movie in another Totoro. language that I liked. Yeah. Oh, do, 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 See, do. and also Japanese, which makes me less feel less racist. Right, but you watched like, the well, dub. Is... You
2: know, you watched the dub. You didn't watch yeah. this. Anthony, dub, did I? Dog.
0: Yes, and also yeah. it
2: doesn't oh, have really? you know the cartoons. It doesn't have Japanese people, which I think might be your issue with it. You know, <laughs> Damn seeing, it. did, did, we, how, did faces... we
0: really watch the dub? That seems so yeah. weird.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, we definitely watched. the It's dub. actually I mean,
1: not I... that weird. The Disney yeah. dubs of the Miyazaki
2: movies are actually pretty good. I mean, I oh, probably okay, watch okay. the sub, but you might—you probably watch the sub. <laughs> uh, so right. again then, that most people watch them. I—I I go out final, of my way to make sure I watch the. Our the final question, me, which I'll
0: I like, just because it shows a little bit more personality of the teacher. Many of my students seem to be repeat viewers of the film *Boondog Saints*, <laughs> and are...
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. What a fucking dig. Many of my students seem to be repeat
0: viewers of the film Boondock Saints and are happy to be able to use knowledge of the film as a sort of social currency, a basis for social interaction, which is how a human talks. Um, The film is rather overtly anti-female, and this may further develop Uh a sense of an in-group audience. Given these points, Boondock Saints may be considered A, a genre film, B, queer cinema, C, cinephilia, and D, a cult film. Cult film. I mean, it seems like it's got to be a cult film, right? Which is just Yeah, actually, it's, it,
2: it's pretty culty. Yeah, it also sucks ass. Boondock Saints was the first movie that, like, you know how every once in a while people people will come up to you and be like, you like movies? You must love Boondock Saints. And I'd be like, what kind of really? fucking person do you think I am? <laughs> like, how in high school, a lot people or just people be like, yeah. "Dude, I, I love movies too." Boondock Saints, yeah, like,
0: definitely bros don't in high know school. Dick last time about I movies, about yeah, because
2: uh, Boondock Saints fucking sucks, and it's always sucked. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, Good. Well, you... you and it seems like you and uh, both of you, in fact, and Doctor uh would get along well. It so seems you have a lot to talk about. Well, I will,
1: you... s- I will say this though: the the question does annoy me a little bit because Boondock Saints is both a genre. Movie. It's a genre film. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. it's just shitty, but it right. also has a cult following, which would make it. Right. a cult and film. so
0: that's why
2: I no. think these points. Is the be, yeah right <laughs> right
0: um but given these points of the overtly female and in the in group makes it feel like a cult yeah, film makes, is the yeah, definitely, wants.
2: definitely um if you have any interest uh in watching a very good documentary I cannot suggest enough overnight. The documentary about the making of the Boondock oh, Saints wow. is phenomenal. Really? It, it, it started yeah, so the you know, the story of the Boondock Saints is incredible. It's like this piece of shit, bouncer at a burr, wrote a screenplay. Herbie Weinstein flew from his office to meet this guy in his burr, gave him two million dollars to write and direct. This guy had never done either before. Two million dollars. <laughs> to write and direct a $20 million movie, and on top of that, he would get to compose the score for the film, oh, plus he does Harvey have a, Weinstein would be a thing. bought him the burr he worked at as a thank you gift for writing wow, this Harvey screenplay. Harvey really
0: liked this screenplay. Yes,
2: so he hires two friends to start documenting all this because he thinks he's going to be the next big thing, and then is such a talentless shitty prick for the next three years that he ends up releasing a movie on like a million dollar budget, broke, bankrupt, uh, and had to sign away the royalties just to get it out. So he made no money on the well, Halloween. Like uh, yeah, it's. It is a phenomenal documentary. Uh, Just watching a guy who has everything at his fingertips and then just ruins it through just sheer ego and being mm-hmm. an asshole. It is very, very good if you dislike that movie and want to watch him. He ends up bouncing at the same burr after he has to sell it. Um, oh, man.
0: This actually seems like a great if it was a fiction where he like goes on this crazy adventure and then comes back and ends up in the same stool as he was on in the first oh, scene. Yeah, I great. mean, that's
2: literally what it is. That's kind of uh, great actually. Yeah. It's, it's so much better than boondocks.
0: And then like the last scene of it is like two kids walking to the bar and he's, as he's checking their IDs, they're, he, they're like quoting the movie. You know, that's so cool. when he says this thing. And then they, uh, yeah, he, ha- he doesn't say anything. Cause he's too embarrassed.
1: Always remember that this is how we got Norman Reedus though, is these movies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But Norman Reedus, America.
1: the guy, he he was in uh, Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding, the uh, one of the best films of all time. Oh, he's from
0: yeah. uh, the zombie show, though. He yeah, is yeah. in the
1: zombie show. That's where he
0: makes his money. He makes the money in the Walking Dead.
1: Mm-hmm. Got that Walking Dead money, which yeah, that, that that money spigot never turns off.
0: Yeah, that money spends. Um, all right, that's fun. Well, good. I'm glad something good something good came out of it. And this guy's got a heck of a story to tell his bar patrons. Yeah. Uh, well, so hey, I'm gonna, I blew it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say that um, this was and again, this is worth um, 80 points and 35% of our final grade. Um, and I will say that uh, we all did pretty well. In fact, I would say, although Hunter and Anthony, you obviously did better and you you did better. You both would do much better without the answers. I would say, had I just showed up to the midterm and not any of the class, mm-hmm. I would have still gotten a maybe a high B on this yeah. final. And so,
2: Alex, trust me, just knowing the way you look, if you put on a baseball cap, you could totally have done that and then failed right up to the top of Hollywood, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> just a yeah, bud. Well, nice looking white dude with glasses and a baseball hat. Look how oh, far so many you, people have gone.
0: You think uh, I'm nice
2: looking? yeah absolutely oh, that's so
0: sweet i because w- i was going to say the only reason i was in this class dressed as a russian woman was to spy on my daughter and make sure she doesn't have any fun without me uh, but
2: i mean that's again you would fail right up to the top <laughs> of hollywood you know like
0: i have been hoping to fail up to the top of hollywood for over four months now and it hasn't happened yet so despite so tra- seeing taiko Castle, trying
2: to do comedy you got to try to do film just put on a hat and just go around with a viewfinder and, you know, look out for...
0: I'll tell you, you the know, truth. Brett I Madden did buy God. a black hat with no logos on it before I came here because I had seen enough people from here. Like, enough industry people wearing them. And I thought it was, like, a good hat to have.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. You're on your way. I'm going to
0: do it. I'm going to be huge. All right. Uh, that right. Th- let's bring it in. Let's bring that in for a landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back again next week with the second half of the semester of Sully condescending film school. Oh yeah. Oh wait. You know what? I'm the worst uh, person. Ugh, what? Sorry. One one more quick thing, which is I definitely asked for questions on social for the oh, finals. Oh no,
1: yeah, we gotta get it.
0: And I would and I forgot to include it when I was putting it in the script today. And I want people who like they're so disappointed, um, and they're also bored. So like they probably didn't make it this far. But let me just quickly pop. Well,
2: we can start on them next week
0: well they Instead were of, like of, a,
2: what you what you've been watching no i want them. to give them to, okay. me. give them to me give them to me give, them I give me i can't
0: say that we get a lot of them but here we go three quick questions that are, are very fast bonus test number one um using the concepts you've learned in class explain how avatar is james cameron's greatest achievement in film Focus on its compelling, sensible plot, which is in no way derivative of Fern Gully and Pocahontas. Also, explain oh, how the two hours and 42 minutes runtime was both perfectly placed and necessary to achieve the full Pandora experience. So, thank you uh, to Alex, who I, I know it sounds suspicious, but is not me. Um, yeah. is a genuine can I, listener.
2: <laughs> can I just make one quick point about that question? Just Yeah, go ahead. I have a lot of pet peeves about the way people shit on Avatar which I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but the thing that drives me insane when people go uh, it's derivative of Dances with Wolves or Phone Goalie or Pocahontas. It's like you mean those three movies that the only reason why anyone still remembers them is because of Avatar. Like, there's a lot of movies
0: well, that okay. are
2: derivative of other things, but I just think, like, when people I don't know are
0: about like,
1: Dances with Wolves, but I'll, I'll give you the other... But yeah,
0: Dances with Wolves doesn't seem right, and Fern Ferngully I remember because it's the thing Robin Williams did that made, like, at the same time as the Genie, and I remember but, Pocahontas as the thing where Disney, yeah. like, took the story of a rape and made it fun.
2: But, exactly, but so here's the thing, if it wasn't for Avatar, no one would have mentioned those three movies
0: that's true they don't come up very years. often they
2: would not the, and it's like when people are like oh why do people want to see Avatar 2 when they can just that rip off of phone Goalie is like that theme park makes a billion dollars a year way more kids see that than have ever seen phone Goalie
0: that's very true like, okay we gotta keep moving question number two from Ian if two trains are traveling towards each other on the same track one going 135 miles an hour the other one going 310 kilometers per hour who fucked up the train system so badly that this disaster is inevitable
1: um uh, and, uh so are, do we have any film questions or are they kind of Well, the,
0: uh, well I, I'll tell you the film tie is Ian says the correct answer is Ann Rand which we did watch I believe the first two parts and then the third one never got made I believe Oh, it got truck. made
2: it just really got no I thought it didn't I'm pretty sure uh, it doesn't matter it's not worth looking up
0: um, it, it barely is but I, I thought it, I thought I remembered that it did not get finished um uh, that was Shrugged Film Series oh no part 3 did come out yeah. in 2014 you're right okay yeah they mm-hmm. were
2: only made so that they could hold on to the rights to the book it's one of those like fantastic four. Oh, is like, it really six, we watched yeah, I three.
0: believe the first two for this show but not the third one man um, I remember think. the year when
1: everybody in my high school read Atlas Shrugged and they thought oh, that that meant that they could treat everybody else like shit it's funny that that was the main what a shitty little
0: book yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I worse. Mean, it's, it's the it's, it's I, there are a few things I hate more than that and I don't love everything South Park has ever said but the episode where I think it was I can't remember the character. One of the characters didn't know how to read and then he learns to read Mm -hmm. and then he reads Atlas Shrugged and he goes back to never reading again. That was pretty good.
2: It's the, like, there are are two novels uh, a teenager can read that will change his life forever. Lord of the Rings and Atlas Shrugged. One of them's a fantastical story with, like, super fantastical characters and will stunt your growth if you take it too seriously. And the other one involves orcs. Yeah. It's, Um, yeah like that quote.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great quote. Um, I had not heard it before, but I do like a good bait and switch, and so, uh, so much so that I don't always take the bait. Um, yeah, back in episode 184, we watched *Atlas Shrugged* Part Two. Um, boy, and we also did read the movie. If you go far enough back in our catalog, we really, or we read, 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 read the book over four episodes um, back because we used cheap. to do that. We used to she something about penniless
2: the- and on welfare. That's my yes. favorite
0: fact about Anne Rand. Just- There's so many favorite facts about her, but that is definitely one of them. Uh, also, Everyone You've Ever Disliked, that's their favorite book. That's yep. my fact about it. Yep. Um, the
2: villain in Dotty Dancing, his entire motivation is he read Atlas Shrugged. I love that. Uh, it's
0: so bad. Anyway, uh, and then last question from Jay. What does a producer really do And do they really have enough influence that I should pay attention when trailers uh, name drop their other productions?
2: Yes. The producer is the person who sees the film from inception. If it was for me...
0: So if the question was for me, I don't know. And the answer is no. I'm always suspicious when they say from the producer of because I feel like... If it's not the writer or the director, my guess is they aren't the reason why I liked the thing.
2: Well, it depends on what level of producer you were. But uh, there's a reason why the producer gets the Academy Award for Best Picture and not the director or the writer. The you know the producer, know. the producer is the person who starts the project, is the person who sees the project complete. It's
1: like the person that hires the director, like yes, <laughs> basically, like that's that's yeah. why they get it. But the other thing though is that it gets confused producer that role gets confusing depending on who you're talking about and a lot of the people that we talk about on this show are not necessarily people that fit into that idea that well um as far as like like people auteurs I feel like have a different sort of I guess the easy example though would be like uh like Harvey Weinstein was the producer for Quentin Tarantino so like that's where Tarantino's getting money like, like that's how they're negotiating all those things is like through him as the mediator. it's a shame but, that uh, that's the only one I could think of off the top of my head but
2: I mean also at the same time he had like Jack Bender who's his actual like on the ground right. producer or like the first one that pops into my head thinking also about Mirror Max is like Scott Moser and Kevin Smith's relationship like Scott Mosier who now is directing, like, The Grinch, like, the animated movie that came out, like, a year ago. He was Scott Kevin Smith's producer on all of his movies, I think, through, like, Red State. Um, They're sort of they, like the company bad. man, I feel like, yeah. is a good way
1: to put it. Yeah. Like, no, they were the for the production company or, like, the... The answer, yeah. Jay,
0: is that it is not... S- is not clear, and the answer is I was right. You should not pay that much attention because sometimes no, no, it matters, I, but a lot of the time it doesn't.
1: A lot of times it doesn't. Yeah, yeah I'll, I will mean, I'll, I'll agree with that.
2: There is definitely, you know, there are like the the Jerry Bruckheimer's or the um, uh, Joel Silver's whose films definitely all have, you know, sort of like connective tissue, and like you can tell, a Joel Silver. Right. produced movie but every once in a while he you know backs a movie like the matrix like you know the matrix would never have gotten made if joel silver hadn't gone the back for it It just so feels like,
0: like it sort of feels like when comics use credits when you're being introduced it's like there's certain ones where i like it's like, you know, it's like oh so-and-so opened for dave attell and you're like that could mean to ease dave attell's favorite comic and dave takes him on the road or that could mean they were both at the comedy store the same night and he went mm-hmm. first <laughs> well, and I mean, that's, no, that's not the same credit and so I feel like that's, that could be true with producers that no, there's that like a producer who made a movie good
2: true with producers I mean you can be there every single day on right. set right. making decisions or you could literally be like oh yeah I gave the script to so and so right. and I get I producer's said yes.
1: credit for it I, I, I yeah. signed and then that's it that's literally all yeah. I said yeah they can have that much money
2: to do it that's fine and that's but yeah it. that's like why there's like executive producer and associate
0: producer, but you, the well, actual executive producer I do know. That one is that's a I, that, I know that job very well. That is a credit you give your brother-in-law instead of a raise. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> right. Like the actual
0: that's from like, that's a producer. quote from State and Maine, I think, uh, and I can't remember
2: the full exact yeah. quote, but that was close. But like the actual producer on a movie, someone like a, you know, a Robert Evans or all the producers I can think of are like weird coke addicts come back. It's kind of weird. It's a very specific type.
0: It seems like maybe uh, it's a job that breeds that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah? this was the exit. We were leaving, and I'm sorry we just got... Uh, I, but I, I just want... I'm so glad that we got to uh, bring those up, and thank you for submitting, you guys, uh, for responding uh, to our not entirely busy Facebook page. Um, we'll be back next week with more Slightly Condescending Film School. Um, in the meantime, you can listen to the bonus episode from yesterday, where Hunter yeah. and Anthony talked about Final Fantasy VII, and I looked at my computer while they were talking and you can check us out uh this friday a couple of days from now the first of may at yes. 4 p.m pacific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 7 p.m eastern probably like 2 a.m greenwich Mean Time. we um no wait that's not it midnight greenwich probably midnight, minute, greenwich. midnight greenwich. i don't know if they do I don't know how daylight savings time works. Anyway, the point is, uh, middle of the afternoon Pacific, 4 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be, we're going to go back to our swimming game. We're going to be on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash
1: Yeah, we're gonna play Subnautica again, TV. and I have to. I actually didn't save last time we played, so I have to reget all the stuff that we were. I have to catch us back up to where we were at, which I'm excited about.
0: Which is not that much stuff because we were real bad at it. But you yeah. do yeah. have to get a flashlight. Um, and,
1: and we, but I mean, I I'm the one driving, so you're basically saying I'm real bad at it. But as a oh I no guess no as no no, team, no I we feel like we,
0: no as a for sure I was holding you back. I was the weight belt on your scuba dive. I oh. You were running with a parachute on. I had nothing but bad ideas for you, and we'll continue to this Friday on Twitch. Just look up Space Gets Peace Turtles uh, from Hunter's Other Projects, and we'll be yeah, we'll do some streaming, playing some video yeah. game, watching Hunter play video games, and you can watch us watch him play video games. Yeah, baby, it's gonna be fun. Thanks for being here, Hunter.
1: Yeah, thank you, Alex.
0: And always such a pleasure. Thanks for talking. Thanks for hanging out, Professor Lopez.
2: Hey, this is a lot of fun, uh, uh, Alex. Keep my eye on you buddy you're doing good i'm really <laughs> proud of you
0: oh thank you yeah. i'm i'm nice looking and i'm i'm showing promise um hey awesome. you passed you passed All right. alex <laughs> 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 we'll talk to everybody next week goodbye Bye. Bye.